And I'm super excited to have her on here because uh, if you heard part two, uh, she's got an awesome testimony, great background. And we'll get into some more discussion right after this. Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. Now, enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Hey, we're here with Catherine Wang, and uh, we talked about a lot of things, Catherine, in the beginning. You shared your background, your story, which is awesome, and you know, that you're, you're, you're a lawyer with a seminary degree, um, which I find interesting. It's a good combination. Uh, I, and anyway, I was saying it could be a good combination or it could be a bad one, but with you, it's been an excellent one, and I just love how it's uh, uh, lend itself to uh, bring you to the place where you're at now, where you now have an age-to-come university where you're teaching people, and it sounds excellent. It sounds excellent. So before we talked about, um, and again, if you want to know more about Catherine, go watch the first one because she gave her testimony in the beginning. But I want to jump right in here to some questions. Uh, we talked, you know, last time we kind of solidified the idea that we're working off of a foundation of intimacy, that we have to have that foundation. Now, what do you do, what do you feel like is a, is a next step? We never leave the foundation. We have to have that foundation. But with that foundation of intimacy, do you know what you would say might be a next step where people have, have uh, that father's leading us to and where people need to go? Well, actually, I, I actually want to, want to hover on the foundation part of it for a second because sure. I think that, you know, we throw out words like intimacy and, and we have this idea that, Yes, we're supposed to have this oneness with God and this intimacy. But I think we haven't fully explored what does that really mean in the context of the, the, of the next age? Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, and, you know, I, I think I talked about in the last segment how Jesus had the revolutionary download, really, from heaven that God was his father. And, and he started calling God his father. And that was in the Old Testament. I mean, there are Bible verses, but for the most part, it was a minor part of, of who God right. was. Yeah. And Jesus didn't say, well, he's not any of the other things you've known him as Lord and master and all that. But he pulled really from what we would have considered a minor identity of God in the Old Testament and made it the major identity and the new. Covenant. Right. And that was the new found. It was a new name really for God, a new primary name for him, a new primary way of relating, which came with it a new kind of love, uh, the love of a father to a child, a parent to a child. And that became the foundation of the new covenant. Without that kind of love, without that realization that God isn't this distant ruler, that he's as close as a father, um, you couldn't have had the kind of breakthroughs that Jesus and the New Testament age was able to give us. And so what I, what the actually the next course we're, we're introducing about to release in Age to Come University is about what we believe is the foundation for the, the coming age, which as you correctly identified, it's intimacy. But what does that intimacy really look like? It's not gonna look like the intimacy of the church age. Just like the intimacy that Jesus introduced in the church age didn't look like the intimacy of the old covenant. So it's gonna be a totally new kind of intimacy. And we call it oneness love. The Bible's paradigm really is marriage where the two become one. And so in human marriage is the only human relationship where two people become one flesh. And the Bible uses that as an analogy to our spirits becoming one spirit with God, that oneness. 
that's the kind of relationship we have with God in the new age. And so it's not built on a father child love. It's built on that marriage love that that equal beloveds, you know, and, and I in the course that I'm teaching that I'm fulfilling Hosea 216, because in Hosea 216, it says, in the latter days, you're going to basically change the name you call God, they said, no longer will you call God my master, instead, you're going to call him my husband. And so <laughs> we're really going to shift the way we think of this, it's not a hierarchy, it's not a master servant. It's not even a father child. It's it's an equal beloved. It's an equal, and that is a ra it's radical. It's as radical yeah. as just calling yeah. God Father. <laughs> it's in the Bible, but I think we've yeah. kind of flirted with the idea. But now um, that I believe is the, really the foundation for the age to come. And I wasn't planning to talk about this today, Gail, but I'm guessing it's important for somebody to hear this. Because I think without that kind of foundation, that new kind of love, and this is why it's important. When you have that relationship as uh, lovers or spouse, you open up the deepest parts of yourself to them. That kind of love mm -hmm. triggers that desire in you to say, I'm not holding nothing back. I'm showing you the deepest parts of who I am, and I'm uniting myself to you in those deepest parts. And then that kind of love induces God to do the same. He brings out the deepest parts of his essence. We unite there. If we're uniting in a different kind of love, the love you might have for a child, you honestly love them. It is intimate, but you're not going to, it doesn't induce you to want to share yourself fully and completely in the most intimate ways right. with that person. It has right? to be all equality. It, yeah, in, in equality and that kind of, yeah. that kind of romance in a sense it's a romance with god where you share your deepest parts he shares his deepest parts you unite in in that way and that kind of love again i wasn't planning to talk about this but that kind of love is <laughs> going to become the foundation of our humanity's relationship with god just like jesus yeah. shifted us to call god father there's going to be another shift we're going to call him my equal beloved my spouse my husband whatever whatever you want words you want to use um, but it's it's that idea, and it, and the prophets talked about it, and they told us that day was coming, and I think that day is here. I think we can that door is yeah. open to shift into that. And you know, we even are sharing that uh, the Old Testament prophecy that all would be taught of the Lord. I believe we're in that space, we're in that place where we're moving into that because as we are engaging in the heavens, we're teaching people to do this on their own. Uh, people come to us and ask us, you know, some pretty interesting questions. And in the past age, you know, we would have given an answer and, uh, you know, because we have a place of authority or, you know, you know, people think, well, because we gave that answer, they must be right. I'm like, oh, come on, people. We got to start stepping in with our own relationship. So when people ask us those questions now, you know, I might give them my my thoughts, my opinion, but I make it clear. This is my thought. This is my opinion. But you need to go to the father and you need to ask him yourself because it may be a different revelation for you. And that's yeah. so important that we have that relationship that we can go to him and ask him these things and not have to rely on somebody else. Absolutely. I think that's so important. And uh, and really becoming who we are and not being afraid to to follow our own revelation. And, and sometimes I like to think about, you know, Moses, who had an absolutely awesome, genuine revelation from God. You know, angels gave it to him. God himself gave it to him. And what was it? It was the law. And then you have Paul in the yeah. New Testament. And he had an awesome revelation given by God, given by angels and all this. And what was it? It was 
you don't need the law. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's grace. And, and so those were definitely both heavenly revelations, but they were for not only different ages, but different people. And so right. I might have a revelation of I need to go in this direction and explore this, but somebody else, you know, if that's not their revelation, mm -hmm. they need to follow, um, follow what they're getting and not, not say, I, I have to do what you're doing and you have to do what I'm doing, but it's, we have this freedom to all pursue God ourselves. And to come to a maturity to where what I believe and what I understand, I can share it with you. I can share it with other people. That's the beauty of sharing so that we get to hear different points of view, but yeah. that I not superimpose it onto you, expecting you to believe the way I do. If yeah. I do that, then I've just made a copy of me and then there's no reason for both of us. And, you know, the fact is God gave us the different points of view so that we could have different perspectives of him. And we have to honor that and bless that in one another instead of trying to make everybody look like us. Yes, absolutely. It's a great point. Yeah. So that oneness is extremely powerful and important. Um, probably a year, year and a half ago, Father was showing us how in each age, the feasts of the Lord are celebrated a little bit differently, sometimes radically differently. You know, in the um, age of Aries or the age of the um, law, you know, we would we would have uh, looked at the what we call communion today, and it was the Passover. You know, a very long kind of all day thing, four hours plus, and then it gets into you know the church age, and now it becomes a the communion where it's very quick and very very easy to perform versus the all day thing. But you're missing the the relationship that they had in the old one. But what's coming now? What Father was showing me is that communion is now more about the oneness. It's understanding that when we're partaking of the bread and the body, that we're making a commitment to become one with him. Just like all the food we eat becomes one with us, that we're committing to that oneness. And when we are drinking the, the blood or the, the wine, that we understand that this is about in, engaging with him and allowing him to change our DNA and to just let him wash us of everything and anything that prevents us from becoming one with him so yeah. that we can step into that place of pure oneness where nothing is left. And yeah. that judgment becomes a good thing. Yeah, judgment absolutely. is a good thing. Yeah, and I love the um, I love the imagery of food and drink, right? Because it's something mm -hmm. that that you take inside yourself, and it's yes. not it's something exterior to you. So you you eat the bread, you drink the the wine or the grape juice or whatever you do, and it's you take it into yourself, and that is an imagery of oneness. And I hadn't thought of it in the oneness context. I'm glad you said that. That's another imagery of oneness that we have in the Bible. I agree. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so then the other thing is as we're stepping into this next stage, and honestly. You know, I was calling it next stage, next stage. And, and at the conference, I started saying, I think we need to stop calling it next stage because the next stage is the, the next stage. We are now in the age. I believe. I, I totally I, agree with that. Yes. <laughs> I personally believe that we really made the demarcation because, you know, as the ages close, you know, one's closing while the other's opening there. You've got a, you know, 100 to 300 year gap in some cases. But um, Yes, but we can step into it if we want to. But the children of God have always been the ones that have been part of the event that has taken place that has basically said, okay, that's the line. We're done with the, that age. We're stepping to the next. And I don't know of any other thing that could be more clear that the church age is closed when every church was closed on yeah. Passover. 
Yes. And that's, that's when people too. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was crucified on Passover. That was the end of that old <laughs> sacrificial lamb thing. Anyway, it seems pretty clear to me, yeah, but hey, everybody's got to make their own choice. <laughs> the temple getting destroyed is is definitely a demar. Like maybe the, the, the old age ended when Jesus's birth, Jesus's death, but certainly when the temple was destroyed, right? People debate about right. that. Yeah, but absolutely with with the churches being closed, I think it's just an absolute signal that this is the end of the the church age an opportunity yeah. really to step into the to the new. And so, you know, there are records of uh the the sacrificial system going even to 120 AD after the temple was destroyed and so forth. And we're going to have people that will continue church, but For our job yes. <laughs> And our job is going to be to show them a different way and not to go beat them over the head with and say, you got to do this, but simply say, there is another way if you're interested. Well, <laughs> and one of the things, I think I heard it first from Nancy Cohen, but it just rang in my spirit with that, the spirit of blindness that Isaiah releases, that's still there with Jesus, um, people yeah. being blind to who he was and people, oh, we say, oh, well, that was just so he'd be crucified, but why? Were they still blind? Because Paul says the blindness was still on afterwards so that they would reject even the resurrection. And why was that? It was because God loves Israel and God wanted Israel to continue and they wanted the law to continue and all those oracles. God loves the church and he wants the church to continue. There's going to be a blindness, I believe, that comes on people for the preservation of the church, right? As well as for the birthing of the next thing. If the Old yeah. Testament believers... <laughs> had just embraced Jesus, we would have either ended up with no Israel, and Israel still has a purpose as a nation right now, or we would have ended up with the church being just a list of Old Testament laws, oh, and plus, let's tack onto the end belief in Jesus. But God wanted both Israel to be preserved and the church to be distinct. And we're going to see yeah. that in the, the birth of this new thing that I think you're right, Gil, I think we're in it. So this, there, there's going to be people meant to preserve the church, and not just have this identity, you know, something tacked onto the end of, of all the things that, that we did in the church age to draw near to God. Right. We want it, God wants it to be a distinctive thing. So there are going to be some people who are meant to stick with the church, and that's fine. And then if your spirit's stirring and you're supposed to go to, to the new thing, then we'll step into that as well. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I wanted to ask you was, um, you know, we talk about uh, engaging with the angels. We talk about engaging with the uh, cloud of witnesses and the men in white linen and so forth. There are those people that, you know, are, who are new stepping in uh, to this whole movement. And they've only known how to engage with Yeshua or Jesus and, and, and God, the Father or the Holy Spirit. And the, the, even the idea of engaging with something different just totally rattles their cage that, you know, that's worship of other beings. That's, you know, whatever it might be. Um, what do you say to those people? Yeah, that's a great question. We hit that straight off, off the block in the course and the book, because that's one of the first things that that was an objection I had when I, I was uh -huh. like, are you supposed to be talking to me? Shouldn't you be in heaven? Am I allowed to talk to you? And because the Bible uh, tells us not to necromance <laughs> or, or uh, which is basically a fancy word for um, talking to the dead. Okay, so, uh, but the thing, there's kind of two arguments there. These people aren't dead. Okay, they're alive right. in heaven. And Jesus said, right. you know, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob aren't dead. Jesus, of course, himself talked to Moses, talked to Elijah, uh, because they were alive in heaven. Uh, but there, we talk about uh, numerous Bible passages in this book. I kind of had a kind of freaky story about how God led me to the Bible passages in which there were people 
talking to people in heaven in the Bible. I had never seen it before. What God did with me kind of showed it. Holy Spirit showed up in this sort of, he looked like the grim reaper. It was like this, uh, I realized later it was the spirit of prophecy as Holy Spirit was showing, but it was this dark hooded figure. It was something that's hidden. A lot of times when you see like a hidden figure like that, it was Holy Spirit appearing as the spirit of prophecy, a hidden meaning of the Bible. And he says to me, this was New Year's Day one year, he was beside my bed and he says, Go find out who the man standing behind the grove is in Zechariah chapter one. And then he disappeared. He said, I'll be back tomorrow. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> what do you mean? But I thought, well, what, what harm is there in looking, studying Zechariah one? And so in that passage, it talks about there's a man standing there and Zechariah is interacting with him. And at first I go through, well, it's an angel. I said, but no, it's not an angel because it doesn't use the word angel. It uses the word angel when he's talking to an angel. And then, it, you know, and they thought, well, it's a man that it's got to be Jesus, but it's not Jesus. It doesn't say Jesus. And I was like, it's probably just a man. It's probably a cloud of witness person. And Hebrews 12 tells us, indicates that they they don't just sit there, you know, eating chocolate and popcorn and 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 watching events on earth. They actually have jobs or things they do. And so Zachariah is actually seeing them doing some of their jobs and he gets to interact with them. And we go through some of the some of the Hebrew and all this in the book of, of why I came to believe that that just like it was okay for Zachariah to talk to people in the cloud of witnesses in heaven, it was okay for me to do that too. And I tell you what, I'm so thankful that Mary didn't That's say good. when Gabriel came to her, I'm sorry, I only talk to God, I don't talk to angels. <laughs> right, right. I'm so glad that Zachariah didn't say, oh, I'm sorry, you know what, I can talk to God over there, I can talk to Holy Spirit, maybe I'll talk to that angel, but I'm not going to talk to anyone who's a person. I'm so glad he didn't say that because we got a lot of great revelations from him having those yeah, interactions, yeah. interactions that we're allowed to have too. That's really good. Really good. You know, the, and the other thing I look at is, you know, through Christ, you know, Father poured himself out into all creation. And he's just as happy for us to engage with nature, to engage with other people, and to have relationship. We're meant to have relationship and actually meant to have relationship with everything. Yes. You know, so that's well, a yeah, part that's going to be revealed. I can tell one more quick story. I was... Yeah. Um, very early on in engaging the cloud of witnesses, I was talking with Jesus when I was asking him questions about heaven. And about halfway through my asking him my set of questions, he said, you know what, I'm going to let someone else answer your question. <laughs> and he walks through the wall and he's gone. And out from the wall, right where Jesus let, walks in this man. And I was like, wait, wait, wait a second. I was talking to Jesus. I want to talk to Jesus. And at that point, I thought it was the best thing was to talk to Jesus. And I didn't want to talk to someone from the cloud of witnesses. But I, but I realized Jesus was gone. He wasn't coming back. So I said, okay, who are you? And he said, I'm John Bunyan. And at that point in my mind, I thought, <laughs> I was like, is that a fictional character in like Pilgrim's Progress? I didn't realize he was the author of Pilgrim's Progress. Right, right. <laughs> my mind is thinking I'm talking to this fictional character. So he's answering my questions about heaven. He answered them very brilliantly, by the way. And then he leaves. But afterwards, it got me thinking, why did Jesus say to me, I want someone else to answer your questions? Is it that he loves these interactions and relationships that he has with people in heaven? And he didn't want to keep those relationships from me anymore. Like he wanted me to also enjoy it as much as he did. He wanted me to benefit from their perspective and what they had to say as much as he benefited and enjoyed it. And so and that gave me a deeper appreciation for just the richness of forming relationships with more than just, I mean, Father, Son, Spirit, awesome, but there's more than that in heaven. And there's no, and if yeah. Jesus values it, then so do I. <laughs> yes. So good. So good. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be right back after this.
An ecclesia is family doing kingdom business. When you join an ecclesia with Kingdom Talks Media that is going through the Ultimate Impact series, this is what a typical week might look like. During the week, you'll watch the Ultimate Impact teaching videos based on that week's topic. Each video is about 10 minutes long, followed by a time for you to shift focus into the heavenly realm, allowing Father to guide you into further revelation. Once a week, you'll gather with your Ecclesia group in person or most likely through Zoom conferencing to typically do two things. One, relate with each other as you share insights about that week's topic. And two, shift focus into the heavenly realm as an Ecclesia to practice engaging Father together. Week after week, you and your Ecclesia will gain new perspectives through the teachings, discussions, and your experiences individually and together in the heavenly realms. All right, I'm back with Catherine and uh, we're going to keep on with the questions. And um, so you, actually, I'm sorry, you said you wanted to mention something. Um, oh, I know what it was. Wow, I'm all confused here. <laughs> Tell us about your book again and your website and what they can get at your website. And uh, that's so everyone can connect with you because sure, we're, we're going to yeah, be out of time gonna, shortly. Yeah. Okay. So here's the book, People from Heaven, How to Engage the Cloud of Witnesses. I would love to connect with you. This Right now, the course that goes along with this book is free on our website, atcuniversity.com. Uh, the book's available on Amazon. I would just love to make that connection. I feel like there's uh, one of the things I hear from people when they email me is, there's so few people I can talk to about this stuff. And so I just love connecting with people really from all over so we can talk and dialogue and grow. And, and I learn stuff and I hope you learn stuff and, and all that. Um, so we have this, we have other resources on our website. We're about to launch our next course. We have some other cool stuff. We have a lot of information, really easy to digest, like pictures and diagrams of the ages and how the Bible calculates time and what, in the world do we mean by age to come? And the Bible uses that term, what does it mean? So we have uh, different characteristics that we pull out of age to come and how do we, can we tell what age we're in? And all that stuff is an easy read all on our website. Again, atcuniversity.com. So good, great. And I encourage everyone to reach out to Catherine. Uh, I, my experience with you right here, we've been getting to know one another in front of a few hundred people, maybe a few thousand, we'll see. But uh, it's it's always fun and uh, definitely got a resonating uh, heart going on, a spirit that uh, I, I believe um, we'll, we'll be doing more things together in the future. So, so appreciate you and what you're sharing. So you talked about uh, having the some information about the signs and so forth. What a couple of things we didn't talk about, we, you you touched on it actually, is that when we shift from one age to the other, number one, the ages dramatically change. There's a radical shift from one age to the other. Problem is we're right in the middle. We're in the transition part where it can be really kind of messy because we're trying different things out. And that's one of the things we really need to do is give everybody freedom to experiment a little bit because we're all searching right now to find what does this next age look like? What does this, and we call it now the kingdom restoration age. That This is the time where we're going to restore the kingdom. We're called as mature sons to restore the kingdom. And so when I talk about mature sons, I think of the Maseroth and that the sign for this age in the Zodiac, which means it's Greek for circle of animals. Uh, in this case, the animal is a man 
and it's a man that is pouring out water. And so we just see this as the mature, maturing sons that are pouring out of the belly of the river of life it back into the earth to restore the kingdom. Yeah, that's so that's what we're here to do. Yes. Yes. And I yeah. would add to that. I think I think mature sons is one imagery. Uh, I think another imagery for the age to come is the the bride, the queen, the co-ruler, the beloved <clears throat> equal. So I think that is also going to start to emerge. It hasn't been really talked about as much, but I think I think God is is giving permission for that to start to be talked yeah. about and and really explored. I think there are a lot of different just like we came into the the sonship movement. I think there's going to be an exploration of um, equality, a beloved movement, and knowing God is beloved. That's gonna gonna shift things for us in, in a very fundamental way. It's a different way of doing business to sit um, as the bride or the queen or the wife rather than a son. And uh, it, it's a different kind of intimacy. It's a different kind of things that are released. A different set of protocols. And I think those are just being explored and just getting released right now. And so. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I would welcome people, if, if that interests you, we are starting to build a, a community around that idea of exploring what that means and how we build out the age to come from that mindset. That's good. That's good. All right. So we have uh, about five minutes. Um, why don't you share any last things that you would uh, like to tell everybody? And I'm trying to think of the, you've, you've shared your website, you've shared your book and uh, the age to come university. Uh, what else? Yeah, you know, I just I, I just want to pour out God's love, you know, and we've talked a lot, a lot more than I intended to talk actually today about this new kind of love that's forming the foundation of the age to come. And I just feel it kind of I feel some some people watching being gripped with either a desire to experience God in a new way, his love in a new way. Um, desiring to maybe break past barriers of past ages or barriers that people put on you or that mindsets put on you in terms of you can, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do, right? And, yeah. and just expanding beyond that. And I just want to bless you with this new flow of love from heaven through the bride, <laughs> through the wife of God to the earth and to each of us. Each of us can step into this new position there's a new thing opening in heaven i think something shifted actually at that conference you're talking about gal this is just what i'm yeah. downloading right now yeah. there's a shift that happened at the conference um where you started calling this not the age the next age but what we're in now and you really made i can just yeah. see you and the angels up on the stage saying we're going to take their words seriously if if they're declaring this on earth we're going to declare it in heaven and there's something that cracked open. And I actually think that's that's why I'm talking about this foundational kind of love, because this you let you let the you set the foundation, you opened the door for this. And so um I just see I see actually kind of cherubim type of chariots being drawn out of heaven to nice. get people on earth <laughs> and take yeah. them to a new identity. Um and it's gonna be an oh. identity filled with love. <laughs> And we didn't even talk about identity, but do you have time for uh, some behind the scenes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this section up then, but identity is one thing we didn't talk about. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that. And um, if you think, oh, it's just identity. Well, hey, identity is everything because if you don't know who you are, you're going to wind up doing things that you're not meant to do. And if you know who you are, then Father's going to show you what you're supposed to be doing and you'll have a greater impact in the earth. And it's it really is important. And um, actually, we've already, in our teachings, we share that understanding who you are and loving yourself 
loving yourself well is a marker of those who have stepped into the next age, this kingdom restoration age, because uh, you can't do much if you don't really know who you are. You just It's hard to be effective when you don't know who you are. So anyway, thank you, everyone. Catherine, thank you so much for being on here. Thank it's you. been absolute pleasure and honor. Thank so you. just honor. honor you and your ministry and Age to Come University. I think that's a great name. I love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. So if you want to see the behind the scenes part, go to our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com and look for the partners easy button. There's an easy button that's labeled partners uh, on the website that's listed below. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. And I think we're going to go ahead and... Oh, I got one more other thing that we'll talk about on the behind the scenes that I think will be pretty cool. So blessings to everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at kingdomtalksmedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, We ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.